0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Yep, you know what that music means? Another episode of Playing It Forward by main man, Mike Sutter, myself, Damon Benning, kind of tackling this series, kind of started as a Open thought process. Random conversation. And it has just grown legs. Uh, Episode three of kind of what's been going on, what's in the water locally, how have, whether it's a legacy at a school, a legacy in the family, the coaching staffs, the kiddos, how everybody kind of meshes together. This episode, it's it's a treat. It's the one we thought would be the hardest to get everybody together. And it actually... Came the quickest, right? We get Greg Hepburn, who obviously has Trey and Chucky Hepburn. We have Jessica Haynes, who was a star in her own right, who has Hunter Salas and Tim Brodsky, the, the human bucket getter, who has a couple <laughs> with Trey and Peyton. A lot uh, of
2: people don't know that about him.
1: Yeah, oh, I do. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. It Just to kind of get a snapshot. and uh Folks, we appreciate it. Really appreciate it. How's everybody doing today? Doing good. Good good.
0: Just
1: well.
3: doing great, Damon. Thanks for having us.
1: Oh, we appreciate it. So let's let, Tim, let's start with you, right? Just uh, luck of the draw. Obviously, coaching at the high school level, you've got kiddos of your own at home. You've got to balance that life. A- at what point did you know it was going to be similar to or different than kind of your career and did it even matter? uh, when you, when you first started out with this whole parenting thing?
3: Well, for, for us, basketball has been a huge part of our lives, you know, since I was, you know, second grade, uh, my wife actually played at Hastings college. Also, I think that's a little known fact, uh, for some people, but, um, you know, we put a ball in, in both of our kids' hands, um, soon as they, soon as they could, they could start walking. And, um, uh, everything that we do is kind of based on basketball, um, our, our schedules, our lives uh, if what time the games are on uh, and so that, that kind of that, that was a big part of, of, of our our lives um, and and I think our kid just naturally kind of grew into that and uh, they both you know I thought became pretty good players and uh, that's how we got started with all that. Jessica? So, yeah,
0: basketball, it's kind of like what Tim just described. I come from a basketball family um, in, in high school. So now we've, 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 we've accomplished. Um, most girls don't even, you know, have a chance at doing. We were 15 two state championships. And so for me, when my when I kids and I started a family, I knew that that was something I was going to expose them to
3: Mm. And
0: I put a ball in their hands, uh, probably before they could walk, um, probably when, when they could just even hold a ball and didn't know if that would be the thing that they would choose to do, but was hoping that they would. And I, I have three children and two out of the three um, went on to love the game. And so with my daughter, she has a state championship um, at Bellevue East. I think that was 2011. And I was able to coach that team as an assistant oh. with Scott Jensen and then, you know, and then Hunter. So, yeah, I mean, basketball is what we do.
2: Jessica, real quick, how was it difficult coaching your daughter, knowing, you know, what you know about the game and then kind of taking a step back with with Hunter and just kind of watching from the sidelines? I mean, was there... Was there kind of difficulty or describe those two different kind of wavelengths then?
0: So I think for her, um, with her being a female, um, she grew up being compared to what I've done. You know, everybody, are you as good as your mom? Uh, you know, and she was a different type of player, although she was a point guard, um, just like Hunter, she, she didn't shoot a lot. She just totally. uh um, you know, wanted to will and deal, and you know, she just wouldn't shoot. But um, it was it was hard for her because she had a lot. You know, she had big shoes to fill, and a lot of times I could see her getting frustrated with people always saying, "Are you as good as your mom?" With Hunter, I was able to um, I coached him a little bit in his earlier years, and, and it was and it was fun. But it was different with him uh, because he actually was not where, no, nowhere near as good as she was at that age. And so he had to work a little harder. And I, and, you know, I found myself just kind of trying to take a step back with him to just let him fall in love with the game. And when we started to see that was probably like his freshman years when he really started to fall in love with the game.
1: Greg, what about you? Your, your brain is probably the one I've picked the most recent, right? With, with Trey and Chucky in the same school and how to choose mm-hmm. schools and picking a place that you were familiar with and made a name for yourself. Kind of what was that dynamic like?
4: Yeah, so um, a lot of people don't realize, but um, when the boys were in grade school and middle school, their path was going to actually be Central High School. Mm-hmm. And, um i was the freshman coach there um i was in my second season um just had completed it when we found that uh trey did not get uh, admitted to central and he was gonna have to go to home school which was Burke high school well nothing uh was wrong with that but it wasn't half that we chose and so that weekend uh, we i And um, after uh, another interesting um, match with uh, Ryan Woodard, uh, uh, we got together and called my dad, and I did that Monday. We had a great discussion, and I was actually looking to uh, become more – Hands free from coaching, and uh, Coach Woodard asked me to uh, coach the freshman team because he knew my coach out uh, at Central, um, and so that's kind of what that process was like. And you know, the boys had actually said to me uh, years before that they wanted to attend WS US, and then they coaching in high school. You know, they just knew that all the times. You know, I chose on a different bird, um, and so we had made that transition back to Bellevue and then um it was interesting because um Trey's freshman year we were living off of 144th and Maple and um he had to come to school with me and my practices were at 5 30 in the morning so he had a very interesting freshman year uh Chucky finished up school out at Buffett and after that we moved into Bellevue so yeah, it was an interesting process I would say Tim, let me go to you just because
1: I want to get into the personalities, right? I, I I do this with my own kids, and you know, who's like me, who's not like me, How do I have to adjust? what are what are the pressures? Mm-hmm. Tim, I'll start with you because uh, I've watched you and Jessica a ton uh, in your high school careers. Uh, very confident, you could get buckets, very versatile in your game. how was it important? Was it not important? how did you know if your kiddos had a similar disposition than you and how did you manage kind of the whole Brodsky last name?
3: Yeah. And, and for, you know, people that have multiple kids, um, both my kids personalities couldn't be further from, from each other. (laughs) Um, You know, Peyton uh, took a lot of my, I guess, personalities and traits. Uh, I think she was, probably walking when she was about nine months old. Um, always wanted to play with the boys. Um, she was kind of the, maybe the toughest girl, maybe the toughest kid in in her class, you know, growing up all the way through seventh grade. And, um, she just always had that drive and she wanted to be the best and, uh, maybe not the best athlete out there, but she worked her butt off, you know, for a long time. And I'm just talking about going out in the driveway and, and shooting baskets and, uh, running around in the neighborhood and not afraid to get her, uh, her knees and her hands dirty. Um, and then on the other end, I've got Trey who is probably, um, you know, twice the athlete that I ever was, um, long can run like the wind, uh, but maybe didn't have the aggressive personality, took more of the personality of his mom. Mm. And, um, you know, he, he, and I think as Jessica said, I mean, he did not – when I played, um, you know, I like to shoot the ball, I like to score, didn't play a whole bunch of defense. Peyton mm-hmm. may be kind of the same way. And then Trey on the other end, he's a 6'3 point guard, likes to handle the ball, likes to play defense, would rather pass it to somebody to score than maybe him doing that. And, uh, I mean, there's, there's people and, and there's places for, for a guy like him on every team. But um, it's just, you know, I think Peyton maybe took my personality a little bit. I think Trey took his mom's personality a little bit. And uh, that's how that's how we, uh, you know, worked out in this household. And I'll tell you what, though, you know, there was a point um, maybe about Trey's freshman or sophomore year when he finally got bigger than Peyton. And uh, we play one on one in the driveway. Or we take him up to school, and Peyton couldn't get her shot off anymore, where she used to dominate. You know, she could dominate and score on him at any time, knock him around. But there was a point that he finally caught up. And now, again, to this day, I don't think she could score on him. So it's kind of fun watching those two battles still. <laughs> Jess, it's kind of, this has got to be
1: strange for you because you're probably the only one that's involved in these conversations, regardless of what our accolades are. They could be on the Mount Rushmore of your particular sport or gender right like there none of us can make that claim you're one of the best to ever do it regardless of sport and held in that kind of regard who has your temperament was it important that they had your temperament and how did you manage that great big shadow
0: okay so out of the my two children that did play um I would say Hunter has my temperament um, and and my family members say it all the time that he looks like me out there on the court. Uh, (laughs) But I will say like growing up watching Hunter, um, you know, he's this long skinny kid. uh, You know, I want to say this first. So, you know, back when I played, we didn't have the three point line, so we weren't trying to shoot threes. And as a young kid, to be able to make threes consistently, you have to be pretty strong, and so I'll say the kid that that would, would always make threes consistently was Chucky, even at a very young age. Oh, oh. I'd watch him, and he, and so that, that that you know him him hitting threes. Now he was doing that as a young kid because he was always strong, most stronger than most kids, and so watching Hunter trying to shoot that, you know, it was hard for him, but. The three, you know, all the kids want to shoot threes nowadays. Um, but, but I would have to say, you know, Hunter has my temperament. I was, I was very shy. just like Hunter didn't like to talk much. Uh, but when I was on the court, that the court was kind of like my safe haven. I felt free. I felt very safe um, that I could just let loose. And that's where I would show a lot of emotion. Um, and Hunter's the same way. A a lot of times, I can you know I see him. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Sometimes when he dunks, you know, he'll yell at the ball after the play. Um, Just seeing that emotion in him, just you know, I I get excited. And that's the same kind of emotion that I had when I played back in high school.
2: Greg, what are what are maybe some similarities? I mean, Trey and Chucky are are different players, but what are maybe Mm -hmm. some similarities similarities that you see that in in your game when you played into what those two are like when they play now.
4: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting. So I call them Fire Knights, and it's been like that since they were probably uh, a year and a half and three years old because their personalities are really reflective of it. I actually played basketball. I grew up with a football and baseball guy strictly. Until I moved here. And so my junior year, I decided to go off for basketball. And because I was a really good athlete, um, I was there. And then I, I continued to work on my skill and develop. And then as a senior, I made varsity. Um, and then, you know, my first year out, I just went to uh, school. Next year, I decided I wanted to walk on at Bellevue. So I did that and then earned a scholarship there. So my basketball history. Um, is definitely not the same, um, but I, I did because, you know, I worked at it. I became a really good basketball player, but it was more towards my mid to late uh, 20s and into my 30s when I was a really good athlete. So in terms of my game, um, I would say that they're both a little parts of me. Um, Chucky is probably more the natural athletic version of myself. Um when I was a kid, you know, I was just kind of that guy where um, all the older kids would come to my house, you know, to, to you know, to for me to come play with them. Um, You know, whether it's football, whether it's baseball, whatever it was. And that's kind of the version that Chucky was. I've got some footage when we were at Lifetime Fitness Center. Um, Chucky was in the sixth grade and we homeschooled him. So, you know, we would be able to do those types of things during the daytime and took him up there. And uh, some guys asked him to play. And these were 20 and 30 year olds. And um, he's uh, put in a little bit of work. I'll say that against those guys. Um, So, you know, there's that aspect of it. And then there's a version of me when I learned, I was just learning the game. And so I was really cerebral in my head, experienced, you know, a little bit of performance anxiety and on the offensive end and uh, defensively is where I stood out. And of course that's the trade version, you know, so they each took on different characteristics of me at different points in my life, but that was the course of their you know, their um, athletic careers, whether it was in middle school, whether it was in high school. So it's just really interesting to look at that dynamic and that component of it, but they both have, obviously, Chucky's found his niche. Trey is starting to find his now as well, you know, taking that athletic and defensive uh, prowess and turning it into more of an offensive game now that he's able to have his own um, kind of identity. And a lot of people, you know, wondered why i put them together and you know not send them into different um high schools but to me it was important and i told the boys that same thing it's important that they bond and they have that experience together as brothers and they both are able to utilize their strengths while playing together and i thought it was a pretty good experience for them for three years to be able to do it anyway
2: so all three of you, and maybe we start with Tim or Jess or Greg doesn't doesn't really matter. Um, I guess let's start with Tim and then kind of go around. All three of you have uh, kids, multiple kids, obviously, like we talked about. But one of them has gotten and received more attention than the other, yeah. than than the other kid as a as an athlete. How do you how do you how do you kind of manage that <laughs> or what? What are those conversations <laughs> like? Right. Um, I guess Jess, we'll start with you and then, then kind of go around.
0: Well, for me, um, it's been pretty easy. I would say, I'm, both <laughs> of them are, you know, considered point guards. Uh, there's a 10 year difference between right. Hunter and my daughter. And, you know, she brags that she's taught him everything he knows. So, you know, and he just rolls with it. um, But yeah, it's been, it's been good. Um, she's, my daughter's very supportive. Um, Hunter's had a lot of success, um, more success than any of us, but you know, she, she just takes it in. She's proud of him and, um, she, she supports him anytime she can. Um, yeah, she it's It's been great. It's been great for us.
3: Tim. Yeah. Like Jessica said, um, you know, both my kids, I think are each other's biggest fans. Uh, Um, And they are. And, and uh, you know, and and Peyton has a good game. I think Trey's on the phone with her and said, Hey, heck of a game Peyton. And, and even though Trey, he's a freshman down at Wesleyan this year, I think they only got to play three games because of the pandemic. Um, I mean, she is super supportive of him and um, uh, you know, it's, it's part of life. You know, I think uh, some people are better at things than others. And um, uh, that's just, I think it's, it's helped both of them grow as people, as athletes um, there's always been a competitiveness at our home uh, when we go up to school and play. Uh, and I think it's made both of those kids better people for it. And uh, even though maybe Peyton's got a little bit more success than, than Trey has, but again, it's I always tell Trey, um, you know, uh, women's basketball, I think it's a little bit maybe easier to have success. There's not as many, there's not as much competition so if you excel as a female basketball player, I think your path to success is a little bit higher than than a male because there's just so there's so much competition. Um, so, uh, you know, and he understands that. And I think Peyton understands that. But um, uh, so that that's kind of the, the path that, that we've taken with with handling the success with both of those both of our kids. Greg, your, your
1: kids are a little obviously. Yeah,
4: you a little may have had it in a in a little, age. It may be a little tougher for
1: you because they were on the same team. Right.
4: Yes. I, um, a little bit different experience. <laughs> and only 18 months and a day apart. So, yeah, a little bit of a different experience. But, you know, some of that was. Uh, deliberate, You know, I, um, from a young age, I coached them on the same team to be able to play together. Um, when I coached them, I played them both to their strengths um, when they played together. Um, and <clears throat> to my discredit, I didn't necessarily get Trey out of his comfort zone, which he loved to distribute the ball. He loved to pass and he didn't really look to be aggressive from a scoring standpoint. Um, You know, I was more of a traditionalist in terms of point guard, and I didn't see the game changing where they look for more scoring from a point guard. Um, And then I had Chucky as more of a natural scorer because, I mean, quite honestly – that's what he did. You know, I'd be in the driveway pulling up. I worked at probation at the time. I'd be pulling up for a long day, and he'd be in the driveway. Hey, you ready to that type of deal? Where Trey was inside at that time, you know, on his video games. Now, when it came to practice, he did everything, 100 miles an hour, worked hard, did all that. But when it was done, he was on to the next thing. And Chucky was – there was no done, You know, so that was kind of the difference from that standpoint. But um, that being said – Trey has always been supportive of Chucky in everything that he did. You know, um, he's always um, really looked out. You know, uh, for him in terms of protecting him is you know people saying things about him or whatever the case may be uh, that may have been negative in terms of their peers. You know, he's always kind of done that, and Chucky has always had that same. But when it's competition, you know, um, and it's funny because their strengths both sharpen each other. You know, obviously Chucky's more an offensive guy who traded more of a defensive guy. So when they always played one-on-one when they were little, they would just sharpen each other, you know. So it was was fun from that standpoint. But a a different experience, but it's been good, um, you know, because to see where they are both at now um, and know that it's both a reflection of one another, you know, uh, sharpening each other as iron sharpens iron, it's been a good experience.
1: So this is interesting. I, I've, I've coached at the high school level since 2003. And so I say this with all due respect to any of the aforementioned student athletes that I've coached that have had success. But the, where this whole concept was birthed from was it seems like there's this new – it's not new. Maybe it's noticeable, and I'm going to get your opinions on why, where there are the kids that can not only win state championships that, but could also babysit my siblings. Right where there's these good natured well rounded really high end athletes as well, and so we were bouncing around all these ideas we're like is it is it is it nature is it nurture is it parenting is it is it cyclical is it opportunities is does social media make you um uh, more aware is it as a rising tide lifts all boats? Without saying, have you noticed a different caliber of quality of person in the student-athlete, does it seem different, or is it just because we're more socially aware and and, and it's easy to keep checks and balances on what student-athletes are doing or or maybe what their behavior is?
4: Um, I'll say this, uh, and specifically related to my line of work, I'll say this, that – A lot of it is contingent upon the fact that a lot of the athletes who um, are really thriving now come from um, backgrounds and environments that have been supportive, that have been nurturing. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it is based off of um, what what young athletes have access to. And, you know, because the training opportunities that are out there because of the traveling opportunities that are out there and we've moved away um, from a socioeconomical economical standpoint, you know, and when you look at that on a map, it looks like East Omaha, you know, just to be quite honest with you, uh, for the most part, Um, a lot of the athletes that reside within, you know, that region just don't have a lot of the same opportunities and so um, if they do participate in sports, then a lot of times they're not, they're not continuing down the stretch. So maybe some of those athletes have stopped playing in middle school. Maybe some of them, you know, make it to high school, but they don't have the, the, that, that additional skill work, you know, to really put them over the edge. So a lot of what we have now from my standpoint is, you know, kids who are from a, a, a more supportive and nurturing environment that are really standing out and taking, you know, taking the forefront.
1: Tim, let me ask you something real quick, and Jess, I'm going to get to you in a sec. You were all, I won't say house money, but your team this year, your boys' basketball team, really, really excelled. I, I think it exceeded expectations. And you had, like... I almost thought your team was too nice, right? You had, a, you had a bunch of really nice kids, and they thrived. And everybody said, oh, you know, Coach Brodsky's different too. He's different. How have you evolved with having to coach a, a different kind of kid, whatever that is, yet still be true to what your core principles are as a coach to continue to churn out quality kids?
3: Yeah, I, you know, and and I think each team um, has a little bit different personality. And, you know, 10 years ago, when I got into the high school coaching profession, you know, it was going to be my way or the highway. And, uh, you know, we're going to do a lot of the things that I did in college, and we're (laughs) going to get down and deny wings and get a stance and slap the floor and do all those things. But I think over time, um, you know, you've got to evolve with the times a little bit. And um, our kids up at, at Platteview, um, are all, they've all, we've always had, I've never had problems with kids or anything like that. Like you mentioned, Damon, they're good kids. Um, I, I do wish, um, some of our kids maybe had a little bit of a mean streak, in them. and, and I know, uh, for a fact, you know, one of them does this year. In, yeah. In Connor. And yeah, of course. And, and he's got that, uh, incredible drive, incredible will not to lose. And he was obviously a big part of our success that year, but that, kind of rubs off on some of these other kids. And, um, you know, for me personally, um, I was brought up, I played for coach trader at Hastings college and if anybody knows him, you know, he was a hard nosed Bobby Knight disciple. And that's what we did at Hastings college. So even when we're talking about our kids coming up with my personal kids, you know, I've tried to drive that fact, that style into them. And as you get older, um, you know, there's more ways to do things. And, and I still take a lot of the principles that Coach Trey, he he's my mentor. I mean, I, to this day, I still talk to him um, almost on a weekly basis. Uh, and I take a lot of the principles that he, that he instilled in me and try to relate that to my own children, to our teams at Platteview High School, where we need to be tough-nosed, hard-nosed, um, do things the right way. And then I think success will find you. Um, but again, in, in today's today's world, social media, everything else, uh, videos, and um, you know, you can't be a tyrant out on the court anymore. And 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 I don't want to be that. And I don't think you know our, our kids want that. But um, I think for me personally, I've evolved over time, and uh, uh, it, it's it's made me a little bit more relaxed. And uh, you know, I enjoy coaching today just as I did ten years ago. So, and I'm looking forward for the next ten years. But. Um, um, yeah, social media I think has a lot to do with things, and uh, uh, that's that's where I see that at.
1: Jessica, I'm gonna—I don't know if it's gonna be bragging, but there's something obviously that was that is in you um, that that helps manifest this. You have one of the, the the best stories to tell, right? Hunter did not start as an eighth or ninth grader. A little bit of a of a, of a slower success story yet. Maybe we'll leave as the most highly decorated high school player in the state's history. One of his very good friends is somebody that people compare to as maybe the current best high school basketball player, yet it's two reluctant superstars. The good, like just role models, how they carry themselves. How does that work, yet you still achieve the consummate goal as kind of an apex or a top-of-the-line competitor? How... That I, I don't know how you pulled it off, but how did that happen? What's in you? What, Where did that come from? How, how does he have it? Where did it come from? What enables him to be best friends with one of his main competitors? He's got this meteoric status. He's still a humble kid. Like, that had to be intentional. Chucky,
0: you know, Chucky and Hunter – have been really good friends, I would say, probably since kindergarten. I think, Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it kindergarten that you guys coached them when they played in that league at USA and they were doing the four-on-four basketball on the little small hoops? So they've been playing together since that, I mean, being that young. And I think it's a credit to the parents. Um, Hunter has a, a close net of really good friends that have really good parents and we've kind of tried to always just keep them connected in some way or another. And I think as they got older, you know, they were playing for different other club teams at friendship, even though they were playing against each other, they, you know, they, they, they kept that close knit bond. They still, you know, were, chucky they they have a genuine friendship and a lot of people probably don't know how close they are and i think that comes from being you know being able to challenge each other day in and day out and when it's all said and done you know they they're hanging out with each other you know there's there's no love lost there they um they truly they truly are really good friends and i think if you ask either one of them they'll give credit to one another as why they are considered the best at what they do so um i think it's i think it's pretty easy it's not a hard thing for them you know they genuinely love each other they genuinely uh, respect each other and it comes down to the parents as well you know we we allowed them to continue to be best friends and to continue to support each other as opposed to you know some people try to create a narrative um, that they are not friends, and that there is a competition between the two, and that and that's just not true.
4: Correct. I,
1: for for each of you guys, how is 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 social media or the ability to get news immediately or see what somebody's done, whether it's good or bad, it, is that a built in checks and balances, or is it just? Kind of an uh, a means to the end. How how do you view the immediacy of news and, and social media and its role in the in and what's going on with high school athletics locally? Coach Brodsky, I'll start with you.
3: Yeah, I'm not on a lot of social media, um except for Twitter and, and how I've always used that is yes, it is instant information. It really is. And um I use it as a means to keep up on Hunter and Chucky and Connor Milliken and Tyler Riley and, and guys like that. And, uh, um, you know, and another thing that I think it's it's really done is it's really helped grow our sport, grow youth sports, grow high school sports, just with the, um, you know, the, the promotion of some of these kids and maybe, um, you know, that especially now in this pandemic year where I couldn't go watch, you know, Hunter, or I couldn't go watch Chucky, but sure. I sure know, Uh, you know, 10 minutes after the game that, you know, one had 30, one had 28, the game went into double overtime. And, uh, you know, that's how I use that stuff. And, and one thing that I've always tried to tell our kids uh, my own personal kids, and then our teams is use social media as a means of instant information, but do not self promote. Okay. I I don't, you know, when you're out there saying, Hey, I scored 30 and I scored this and I scored this and, and everything else. What we try to mm-hmm. do and what my kids, um, you know, locally or my, my high school kids and, and my kids at home here is just let's let's just give facts. Let's give just just pertinent information. We don't have to go talk about what we did for lunch and what we had for dinner. And then uh, and, and that's how I try <laughs> to instill some of this into into the, the youth that, that I deal with. Greg. Yeah. Um, well, first I want to uh,
4: kind of circle back to Jessica's point, you know, about their friendship. One thing that I've always told Chucky is that, um, your circle of trust is important. And so when he identifies people that's moving the same way that he moves and in the direction that he's moving, you know, and so that's another thing of probably one of the reasons why they both, I imagine, you know, look to support that relationship. Um, but in terms of, um, you know, social media, I think I I, I completely agree. That. um I think that is something that is a great tool um, to bring exposure to youth to organizations, and that's one of the main things that I utilize it for, just to celebrate success. I mean, you know, in a day where there's so many uh, negative directions and influence, you know that um, that our kids are exposed to, you know, we we have to um, really kind of put that imagery out there of youth, young, you know, men and women doing positive things. Um, so that's one of the the main things that I utilize it for. I mean, it's a great source of information, um, but it's also not the end all to me. To me, it is um, the work. The work is reflective of all of it. And if you trust in the process, you endure the process and utilize it for what it's worth and all the other stuff will um, will will manifest itself.
2: So there's a balance, right? Like, I mean, there's as far as talking the social media stuff because obviously, like, that's what I do most of the time. Um, it, it, it's it, what I'm hearing, and and this is great for me to learn is you know just stick to the facts. Like, we don't really care about your opinions um, as long as we just have the facts. We want to know. Who won the game, or who lost the game, and who scored, and and all of that. Um, and there's a time for maybe opinions somewhere else. How do you guys handle maybe the anonymous people on social media that maybe take shots at your team, your kids, um, you, coach for for you, your your players, or or your children? I mean, there's people out there that have anonymous Twitter, or Instagram, or Facebook, or whatever accounts that that like to take shots at people um how do you handle that do you just kind of recognize real recognize real recognize real and just be like keep it moving or or what are those conversations like i guess with with your kids
3: yeah, I think uh, the block button is, is a good one to start with right there. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, but, but Mike, yeah, and kind of going back to what you first started there, you know, about facts and all that. And in your business, your line of work, um, I think you give as many opinions as you want, you know, and, and that's that's your livelihood. And, and when I was talking about that, I'm talking right. about like my players. Right. Yeah. uh, Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Peyton and Trey. I don't need, I don't need to hear their opinions on our game that we just played. Right. um, (laughs) And and, and let, let the Platinum basketball account tweet out, um, you know, here was our scoring leaders and that's it, you know, and then if you want to retweet it, retweet that or whatever, great. You're all about that. But like I said, we try to really limit our kids as to not, Just self-promoting themselves. Let you do that. Let Damon do that. Let people in the media do that. Um, Because I've always talked to our kids about self-promotion. And and sometimes, you know, maybe get a little bit of that and kids will be kids, but uh, we try to limit that. And then on the other thing, we talked. I just talked about uh, this with one of our assistant coaches here the other day. I mean, and it really wasn't even a basketball issue; it was more about a, a another job issue. But it's there's always people in life that want to see you fail. And if, if you're at the top of the chain, you're at the top of the ladder. Somebody is going to be down there trying to knock you off, and that is part of life. It starts. Uh, In grade school, goes through high school, through college, through your job, there's always somebody that doesn't like to have or to watch people have success. And so we tell our kids, you know, those people, like you said, Mike, tune them out. There's no reason. um, If you've got 100 people and 95 are pulling for you and you have five that aren't, who cares? You know, uh, we did in, in a, a term that I use sometimes, too, is always pay attention to the people that don't clap for you when you succeed or when you win. You know, those are the people you want to distance yourself from. And they're going to be out there. I mean, that just, that's just part of life. And uh, I think it's it's good for these kids to kind of see that part of that now. So um, as they go through their careers, when that stuff happens, um, you'll, you'll uh, be able to handle that adversity.
1: Hey, before we let you go, let me ask probably maybe the most difficult question, but each of you has done it, so I think we kind of want to know how. How do you decide? Everybody's got their own individual accomplishments. You've you've got last names. You have you have to parent, yet you have people that you want to represent your last name. How, when you've done what you've done, and you've all coached, how do you know when to let go, let them do their own thing, and get input and advice? from somebody else when each of you knows you're really pretty good
4: at what you do how does that happen for me it was um when when i started noticing my input wasn't as valued (laughs) i say that from a standpoint as humble as it made me (laughs) like all these kids that you're looking up to are asking me to train and you don't okay so i just had to kind of take a step back and realize what they wanted from me and there were times when you know they want me to to train there were times when they wanted my opinion and advice on things and so i just kind of let that guide them and then there would also be times when i would um note to self about particular incidents and if uh <laughs> the mistakes or corrections that i wanted to utilize happened to um show themselves then i would uh just recall that particular incident and you know utilize it as a learning tool so you know i just a lot of of letting them um, guide it, you know and being in the system that they were in especially when it came to training and their bodies and things that we're doing, I didn't want to force too much on them, you know, and a lot of that, you know, physical duress and stress turns into mental, you know, and emotional stuff as well too. And so just wanted to be there supportive for them and the things that they need. And so I just allowed them to start guiding that. And for me, for Trey, it um, actually is it probably started more his junior year, whereas Chucky it started in his freshman year.
1: Hmm. Jessica. Um, part of a state championship winning coaching staff it, at some point you pulled back. Was it tough? Well,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, Hunter, Hunter, he listened to me when he was younger, you know, he, he did everything I asked him to as he got older. Um, somewhere in his head, he figured out that maybe my mom is probably not the person to listen to. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
4: he just he just started thinking errors. Just <laughs>
0: right, right, um, and you know it wasn't you know and that, and at that time we felt that it was time to get him a trainer, um, someone we thought he would send to, and and you know he could put what he learned into action, and, and it kind of worked out for us. So you know, if that, I I told him that you know I had a plethora of knowledge of you know what to do and how to be successful but at, at some point he just stopped listening to me and you know we got the trainer for him we we saw the results and and so we just went with that
1: tim you may have had it the hardest cuz you've got keys to the facility you're <laughs> right. the varsity basketball coach you got the boys team right. you're there all the time how do you separate dad well, yeah. coach and Okay, it's good.
3: I'll, I'll start with Peyton first. I mean, she's three years older. i not three, but um, she, uh, up in, up until about the eighth grade, I don't think kids know any better. You know, they're going to listen to mom or dad or whoever's. And, and I was involved with both of my kids. Once they get to high school for Peyton, I turned her over to her high school coach. And, and you know, I'd give input if they asked, but I tried to stay out of as much as I could and, and let her handle, you know, her business on her own with Trey on the other part of it. I mean, he got four years with me at Platteview and that's probably, I don't know if that was a good or a bad thing for him, but, um, uh, but then again, now since Peyton's in college, she's kind of come back to where, Hey, Dad, what do you think about this game? Yeah. What do you think I need to do to maybe get a few more minutes here? So I think in in, the, in, in the, uh, the use part of things, I don't know if she really knew any better. So she just did what I had asked her to do in high school. I think once you start getting to that age, you know probably more than I know, or she thinks she knew more than I knew. But now as she matures, now she comes back and says, Hey, what do you think here? What do you think here? So I think it's a little bit of a progression with that. How would you guys know when
1: to let breakfast be breakfast and dinner be dinner and Alvin said something the other day that I, Mitchell that I've seen him practice. He said two things. He said number 1, I told Sharif or I told CJ right away you're not Sharif, which I don't know if I had the I don't know if I had, if I had the gumption or the wherewithal to tell my kids that. That was interesting. Then he said, "We only talk about Certain things in the car or here. Like they had boundaries. You still have to parent and your coaching. Coach I, coach Brotsky, how'd you know when to let lunch or breakfast be breakfast and dinner uh, be dinner? I
3: mean, you know your kids. You know when they're down, they're having a bad game and, and and maybe again going back ten years ago, maybe you piled on a little bit and hey, you need to do this and you need to play harder here, but I think as they get older, you see them have some success. They understand now maybe that they didn't play very good. Now you try to be kind of a voice of reason to them instead of, like I said, maybe instead of repeating what their coach has said, hey, you didn't get down and guard this guy or or you got to make that layup. It's Hey, what can we do? You know, what can we do outside of this game maybe to get you a little bit better? So when you are in that same situation again, you're going to succeed. And uh, yeah, we don't have a lot of um, conversations more or anymore about, um, especially on my end, uh, from here, here's what you need to do better, Peyton. Here's what you need to do better, Trey. Now it's more of, hey, you know, let, let, let's get in the gym and get some shots up, and uh, that, that'll, that'll help you uh, take you to the next level.
4: Greg, before we let you go, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, for me, I know when I saw when I started seeing glossy eyes. You know, um, the eyes were always eager. <laughs> <laughs> they were always eager. They were always wide pupils. And you know, when I started seeing those glossy eyes, I knew it was on deaf ears. And you know, I just that's when I started kind of pulling away and letting them, you know, kind of figure things out. Uh, it's it's a it's a four year period of time where, you know, they mute us. And uh, like coach said, um, in college, that's what I noticed about Trey. You know, if I, he he at, at times I tell tell him not to look at me on the court, you know, every time at Belly West. But after the game, you know, he's asking me for, you know, different things or he's at well, what do you think about this and what do you think about that? And to me that's wonderful. That's probably, you know, one of the best case scenarios because now I know I know what I know, but now I know that they respect what I know, and that's when I want to give it to them. And if they don't respect it, then it's not going to do anything but make me frustrated, which is going to make them even more frustrated. And you know what? It's time to stop it. So
3: yeah, the glossy eyes. Yep, I agree.
2: That's this kind of one last thing here. It's kind of like life, like not just coaching, right? Like from my 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 experience, just growing up is I hated my parents when I was a sophomore, junior and senior in high school, not hated, but I was just like, all right, I got this figured out. Right. (laughs) And then when I hit college, probably my second year, sophomore college, I was like, Hey, I need you back. Like (laughs) I I need your advice again. Right. (laughs) Like it's it, that's just kind of, I think how we all – just the matura- natural maturation process of just life and just everybody. So it's a little different, and I'm, I'm glad you guys shared that perspective of from the coaching angle and kind of – I coached my kids growing up, and then they didn't need me, and now they're coming back.
1: Still kind of same thing with life. You don't have to say who, but I'm curious because maybe you guys have it mastered because you're around so many other kids when did you guys know to let go of your own legacy?
3: I don't know. Have we, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean?
1: Because I see some nope. parents, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, yeah. When you, <laughs> like, for Caleb, I'll just tell you this. For Caleb, I probably underdid it. I never talked about Nebraska football. I I didn't really force baseball on him. He, he you know now, and there are some things I wish I had back because I was so interested in letting him be his own person. But as my oldest, I didn't know. I've I've learned a lot since then. How do you know when to let go of your own legacy as a player? or coach performer and just be the legacy of what will my kids say about me?
4: Well, for me, I think that, um, them to helping them develop their legacy is more important than my own. So, I mean, that's kind of always been my driving uh, force is developing and laying that foundation for them so that they're able to create theirs. And so, you know, um, it's it's that's that's always been the goal for me. I'll say that.
3: Yeah, and and David, what, you know, we've I guess around here, um, I've almost used it as more of a of, in a joking way. You know, if Peyton scored. Thirty-nine, you know, in a high school game one time. Say, "Oh, that's all you got." I, I had forty-one at one time, you know, in college or something. So, I don't, you know, I, I think with with my own kids, I, I don't know if they really cared too much what I did, you know, twenty-five years ago. So. Uh, when we when we talk about that it's always kind of been a joking matter and up until about a year ago, you know we'd still play open gym and I'd play with those guys and somehow if I got lucky and scored on either one of them, you know I'd say hey, you know that's how we did it back in the day or whatever it was and it, it was more kind of a maybe a little bit of an inside joke between all of us and um, um, yeah it's it, it's those were those were fun days but those are long gone and uh, you know those, uh, yeah. Yeah. Was,
2: hey, also, I'm I'm pretty sure that Damon's kids know he was the 1996 Orange relax, Bowl MVP. Relax, get out of here. Orange Bowl MVP. Yeah, Damon, hey, hey, I'm pretty sure they It wouldn't
1: them. be a podcast without a pot shot. So that's kind of what we do. Hey, you guys, man, fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm just you. hoping we'll get it edited and get it out. There's got to be some a lot in there that folks can learn from. Because I know, listen, I'm I'm just taking notes and. <laughs> You know, there are times you think you have it figured out, and you hear somebody else's perspective, and it's like, gosh, you know what? That's that's pretty good. So uh, we appreciate your time. And uh, it won't be long before we reach out again. We'll probably try to do it in two parts where we could handle maybe four or five student athletes at a time. And uh, there's a lot in there. We made a list, and we got to about 45 kids that have parents – that, you know, there's the Crouches and the Wiegards and and Zadiska. the Zadiskas and the Cluster Johnsons. There's there's a lot of folks that, that have some kiddos that we'd love to talk to. So help us out there if you can, and uh, just know that it's good stuff and you can trust us.
4: Got it. Absolutely. Oh,
3: thanks, right. Mike. Thanks, Damon. Appreciate hey, it.
1: Thanks, guys. That was good. <laughs> that was good. I was like, oh, I bet I got some learning to do. <laughs> yeah. There's that music. Some episode. That was good.
2: Another good one. (laughs) I mean, I I feel like we say that every time, but that was really good. I mean, you can learn a lot of parenting lessons there.
1: Yeah, I'm going back to a couple of things about surrounding yourself with people that are moving in the right direction and parenting other people's parents. Yes. That's a fine line, right? I mean, do I really want to be in your business or do I just (laughs) Just look at...
2: Let it happen.
1: Hey, you know yeah. what? Your daughter did not share that turkey sandwich. Are you teaching selfishness <laughs> over there? My kids are out. Oh, uh, fantastic episode. This pod will drop real quick. Part three and a long way to go. Who knows where it ends? We're always trying to play it forward with playing it forward. That's what we do here on this podcast. That's the great Mike Sutter. I'm old DB. We'll be back next week.
2: A Huda Media Production.